We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we're live. Welcome to the RG DFS Tournament Takes podcast. I am your ho- host, Chris Kirkwood, Kirk Dees, back here with my two boys for week six, uh, the Canada's number one DFS player, Toe Tag and Tambo, Tyler Tamboline, and then uh, not to be outshined by Brett Hartfield, Killaby2482. Uh, and we are back. How did, how did uh, last week go? I ran like God to uh, uh, fade some... I got, I got the injuries I needed. The guys that get down that saved my week. Um, but uh, I had a, a slightly profitable week. Actually had a monster. No, I wasn't going to have a monster uh, showdown slate until that last stupid John U. Smith touchdown where they should have been running the ball. Cost me an extra 10 grand. I had a good slate, but that, that, I had a good week overall. Uh, how'd you guys do? I'm fired up today. Ah, uh, man, I, uh, it was, it was a bad week for me, but like I, I had a few spots, uh, a few tournament teams. Uh, we did, we did harp quite a bit on the Raiders keeping it close versus Kansas city. And they not only kept it close, but they ended up winning that game. So I feel like those stacks did really well for me. Dude, that um, game was the nuts at halftime. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to yeah. be rich. I'm going to be rich. And then Mahomes did absolutely nothing. And Ty- right. outside Tyreek, of that Kelsey and then, touchdown. And Tyreek ran uh, so bad with that, the, the holding call on his like 45 yard bomb touchdown. Mm-hmm. Great catch right off the bat. 
And then, uh, I mean, whatever. He should have scored like 40 fantasy points. But we, we all, uh, I think, you know, we were talking about that game so much last week that we ended up bringing up Ruggs, like being a great uh, bring back in that, you know, I had mainly Jacobs and, and Waller. Um, I know Tambo, I, I had, me and you had a very similar li- lineup in the 300 uh, on DK yeah. uh, with that stack. Um, how'd, how'd you end up uh, this past week? wasn't bad, actually. I forgot leading in. I was thinking, it was just a, I knew it was like a mediocre week, but then I forgot the uh, hand-bombed scores, scoring stats over on FanDuel actually mm. updated, and I had, I had a pretty good run over there. So F- FanDuel was nice and made up for the week. Uh, did pretty good overall. Didn't play much showdown since then. I know some of the tilt that you were talking about earlier, Kirkwood, as far as those slates went, but the, the Tyree kill thing sucked. That was pretty much the make or break in my best lineup on DraftKings where if you know I think I thought it was like a 60 yard touch edge all I know is it was right yeah, out of the gate yeah I barely like could turn the TV yeah. on and I'm already getting tweet notifications like what a shitty call what a terrible and it was hold. an amazing catch oh it was like God. such a and then I see catch. the replay yeah what about all the Giants touchdowns that were brought back the uh Evan Engram oh, and the Slayton, Slayton, one. Slayton was oh. the, should have been the I mean he was the nuts already but he should have been like the absolute nuts like yep. with that that ridiculous pick call that Evan Engram yeah. one hurt me too. Ban, ban officials, ban refs, ban all these fucks who fuck us. Robot everybody. everything. Oh, geez. Sorry. I'm sick of this. Um, although I ran pure with Dalvin Cook going down and then Keenan Allen going down. So never wish injury on anyone. It's for a long term, but for like one game when I need it, it was nice. Uh, all right. We're, uh, we're back week six. We don't have to talk about uh, – Trimming uh, player pools and trimming, trimming, trimming balls with uh, Manscaped. We have no promos here t- this week. So uh, next week, baby. Next yeah, week, get ready. Hear, I'm prepping I, for that one. I hear it's on the horizon. It's coming. But uh, we've got, you know, I think we've got 11 games. We are at 11 games as of now. Yeah, as of now. So we've got COVID popping up like every hour on the hour. It seemed like for the last two days, um, we've started off with the Falcons. Um, so obviously that's a emphasis of concern immediately because that's a chalky, first of all, any game with the Falcons is going to be chalk. Their defense is re- awful. And then, um, there so happens to have, uh, Alexander Madison, who was, uh, you know, with, with Dalvin Cook, uh, out already announced out this week. Um, it's going to be a pretty, uh, important play for a lot of people, um, depending on the site too, as well. <clears throat> um, then we've got, uh, the Colts had some positives ring up, but they were false positives. Uh, we found out later. So that's back on Eagles had a, a, a pop up with concern. And then of course my Patriots uh, had their center um, now uh, come up with positive. And it seems like that game is uh, forging ahead, but um, that's because, you know, they've already rescheduled this game, you know, this Pat's Broncos game. And so it's got real, uh, schedule implications if they do have to uh, put this one off any further but um well i mean we'll see if we more tests start popping off tomorrow then uh could get real dicey so um yeah everybody keep an eye on that everyone knows i'm sure to keep an eye on that anyways but like things can change in a heartbeat um so we're gonna go with what we got it is friday early friday evening so we're pretty uh, up on news here and um what do we got for games here? So we've got some monster totals, pretty much monster. So, but like with like, so obviously I already mentioned that the Falcons at the Vikings, 54 point total actually opened as a fixed 56 and a half point total. 
Um, Julio is uh, supposed to be uh, off the injury report and good to go. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got some, you know, with cookout, that's a major usage piece out for the Vikings. Um, and then we've got some monster totals on some games that you wouldn't think, or at least uh, actually, I mean, Detroit Lions Jaguars is a monster total of 54. And that's like that classic NBA of the two worst teams like playing and like, you just getting, uh, tons of fantasy production. That's what it feels like here. But, um, you know, the Jaguars and, uh, and the Lions defenses are both atrocious, um, have just leaked production in all facets. Um, so uh, that game's going to be important. Then um, the Texans Titans, 53-point total, that's certainly up there. Um, some games that kind of shocked me from the side, like the, the Browns and the Steelers with a 51-point total. Like that's, you know, you, you think Browns-Steelers when you're thinking like a defensive slow-paced uh, slog game. And all of a sudden, yeah, I see a 51-point total, and I'm starting to rethink some things here, potentially, because that could be overlooked plays. Um, oh, and the, the Green Bay game. How did I forget? The, the, the 425 hammer. Uh, the, the Packers, uh, one-point favorite going to Tampa. Um, Tampa, uh, that game has a 55-point total, opened at 51-and-a-half, but teams are getting healthier. So Devontae Adams is back. Also, Chris Godwin um, is, is back. Uh, Mike Evans looks like he's good to go. So it should be full strength, um, pretty much uh, Bucks offense um, with uh, Leonard Fournette also um, coming in now, which kind of takes away the shine from Ronald Jones, maybe. Maybe it just lowers the ownership from heaven. He's a good player, but we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, anyways, that could certainly be a shootout. And uh, Tampa Bay is missing a huge run stuff, uh, rush stuffer in that game. Uh, their 350-pound tackle, uh, Vita Vega. So, um, man, that game, that, I'm getting more excited about that game as, uh, as I've been, you know, diving into stuff here. But, man, other than that, I don't even know what else we've got. Um, we've got just a bunch of uh, other games that we'll touch on, on for plays, but how's the slate uh, shaping up for you guys? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of an ugly slate uh, overall. Uh, and, you know, COVID is really testing some of the better games uh, with us. So hopefully, hopefully we're able to, you know, hold on to this 11 game slate. Um, I guess just from a macro point of view, there's, there's nine games going at one o'clock Eastern and then only two later games. Right. So there's not going to be a lot of flex decisions uh, that you make, um, but I wouldn't mind having, you know, some players in that Packer uh, Buccaneer game, which would be the nightcap or the, the Jets Dolphins games just for that factor alone. Um, but yeah, Man, I just want to say that Twitter was even worse than uh, the run, uh, run when uh, as run pure sports uh, launched with uh, FTN network, Twitter was mm -hmm. unbearable for that little stretch. It was even worse now with this FanDuel scoring situation that everybody complaining just like I mean I don't know which is worse the uh, run pure screenshots or the uh, or the, uh, the, fan, the uh, I, complaining about FanDuel the FanDuel one was pretty funny in the beginning and then it was just like okay when is FanDuel gonna get their crap together um, but yeah when the contest started coming in at least uh, that was that was nice to see I think they're still literally doing it by hand. Like everything's a day behind and I don't know what's <laughs> baseball, going on exactly. Baseball came in late too, right? 
Baseball. I was thinking why NASCAR took the longest because like they had to go figure out all the, the lap differentials and stuff. It took like two days. I was like, yeah, they're definitely doing it by hand. Uh, that's brutal. Yeah, so I lost my train of thought. So what, I like what, the slate. I'm going to take it up where, where uh, Brett left this off. But I, I think, you know, it's an ugly one. It could be. I hope that, uh, you know, all the games play just because there's some – I don't know the way it shapes up right now with our ownership projections. I, I kind of really don't like much of the chalk. Some of it I'm okay with. We'll get through it and we talk about different positions, but you know, I really don't want to see that Minnesota Atlanta game get canceled and all these Alexander Madison owners get bailed out because I think that uh, at least on DraftKings, I know he's much cheaper on other sites like Yahoo. I think lock him in 14 bucks. You can put him sure. in, but as far as uh 7,200 over on this side, I know the matchup is great, but you know what, to be honest, we talked about this a few shows ago, but sort of since the restart and with no preseason, I found that like matchup in as far as running backs go, it, it hasn't seemed to matter as much. Like there hasn't been like, oh, this team's the ultimate run stuffer. You can't play a guy against them. It feels like these D's are all getting lit up in one way or the other. And some might even surprise you with some of these run funnels and pass funnel defenses that you can just see these options. So I, I like a lot of these running backs that have like no ownership. That's just me. Yeah, and that's something that we could also talk about too is just, I mean, if you're if you're using a running back in your flex, it hasn't been hitting. You know, like all the chalk running backs have really been dying. Um, you should be looking at like the ceiling plays for wide receivers. I mean, those that's that's what's been hitting, obviously. Um, and I don't know, like I just feel like that's feel very similar this week. Like uh, you know, having having a wide receiver and a flex really just trying to get as many ceiling plays in there as possible with, with the running back chalk not hitting. Um, I still don't feel great about uh, running back, especially on DraftKings also this week. I'm not, I'm not abandoning running backs in the, uh, the flex position. I think it'll even out. Uh, I mean, running the wide receivers always have that extra layer of like monster upside with the PPR targets. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think they've just, it's, they've just run well. Um, and like you said, the chalk's busted, but I'm not going to. Right. I would, I would say like in a tournament, like over a thousand person tournament, you should be really trying to grab ceiling plays, but yeah, like in a, in a 200 to 600 person tournament. Yeah. Throwing a running back in the flex. I don't mind that, but yeah, like, I've, I've heard some stuff on this. The only thing I'm going to say right quick is that I think it also is it's cyclical to, to Kirkwood's point. It's going to you always, there's always variants going to come around. And I know what you're saying, Brett, because the larger field, if you're already looking at people putting that many guys in their lineup the builds are already built around three running backs. I get it. So that would be one way to be contrarian right out of the gate. But I think it's also in the lineup build that you're putting together. And we're talking about tournaments here all the time. So mm -hmm. I think if you're, you know, what, what's happening and the reason you're seeing wide receivers in the flex is because game stacks are so much more prevalent and smashing and you throw your fifth man into the game stack, it's going to be a wide receiver and there's only three slots. So there you go. That's what causes that in order for you to have that build is to get it done that way. So I don't hate the idea. I'm just saying, I think you still could, can be careful based on the, the types of lineups that you're building. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've studied that too. I've read a lot of the articles. I know like Britt Devines does his piece and uh, a lot of people have talked about this. I just, I came up with my own conclusion. I was like, I'm not abandoning running back in the flex. Like I, cause I've thought about like, I abandoned tight ends in the flex um, most weeks, depending on the week, but like nothing kills your lineups worse than like jamming in like, crap tight ends into that flex spot um doubling up on tight ends so mm -hmm. that's something i've abandoned um although some weeks you, you, you can't because they're the best plays but um anyways that's uh that's a show for blender 
right? We're 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 here to talk about the the, the plays. Let's uh, let's start it off at the running back position, uh, which we normally do. Let's uh, get it right out of the way and start off with Alexander Madison. Um, he is uh, taking over for Dalvin Cook. I mean, so I mean, this was like the situation in like. Alexander Madison, we all, I'm sure we all agree that like is, is extremely talented and is like uh, as close to a fill-in as you can get to Dalvin Cook. Maybe he's lacks that um, explosiveness in the pass game, or at least in the past, but that's been mainly because of his pass blocking abilities. Um, he's produced any time he's been giving uh, uh, a reception. Like he's caught most of them. I think he's like 19 of 23 uh, of his now he's caught 19 of his 23 targets um, and in total and uh, I mean this guy's pretty like like from a, um, a yards per carry standpoint he's like right neck and neck with Dalvin Cook like he's produced anytime he's been given the opportunity he stepped right in um, they kind of abandoned it at first and their offense looked putrid but then once they started to uh, go right back to him like they were because they against Seattle like because they started Dalvin Cook was having a great game and then all of a sudden he goes down and then their offense just fell apart. But once they got him established, he ended up with 20 carries, 112 yards, uh, three receptions, 24 yards. He looked awesome. So I expect him to be this all systems go um, with this offense. I think he's awesome. Like, so I, I have no problem paying 7,200 for him in this spot, because to me, I'm essentially looking at it as it's Dalvin Cook and it's a matchup with the, 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 the Falcons who, are just a terrible defense. And yes, uh, they're pretty, pretty good against the rush. At least their numbers state that, but they're always so bad against the running back pass. I mean, it's just a defense, their scheme. It's just something we've always targeted. They just, these running backs just get tons of PPR points against them through the passing game. And, you know, also it's just a lot of teams have been just passing more against them because their, their defense is so bad, but like, this is still a run first offense in Minnesota and I expect him to have uh, a pretty good day on the ground and, and you know, and get a bunch of targets. And I, I expect him to, his touchdown equity to be extremely high in this game too. So I got no problem playing him. I like him a lot. Uh, we'll hear what you guys say in a second. The other, other, other options like right around him would be uh, Derek Henry, who um, kind of underperformed uh, against Buffalo. Um, but uh is certainly in play 7,300, but I'm sure you guys was probably going to say that you don't, you know, it's tough to play Henry because he doesn't get the passing game work, but uh, I'll be interested to hear what you say there. I really like James Robinson. Um, surprise, surprise. I probably tout him every week, I think, but um, uh, I love him in this spot this week. And then there's like Kareem Hunt probably fits the bill as one of those uh, really good backs in a good situation in a bad matchup that uh, will probably go overlooked that I know Tambo was uh, alluding to. Um, but those are kind of, that's kind of the range to start. So what are you, what are you thinking, Brett? Yeah. I mean, at RG, we currently have Madison at 37% owned and, you know, it was an in-game injury and Madison came in and looked great. Right now they have a full week to prepare for Atlanta. I don't know, man, like I can see Boone, siphoning away some touches or third down um, plays. So I'm not as bullish on that play, especially at 37% ownership. Like that's a really high percent, I think, for a guy that um, 
you know, like Tambo said, he's 7,200 on DraftKings. Yeah, on Yahoo, where he's $14, he should be super highly owned. On FanDuel, where I think he's 7K on FanDuel. Yeah, he's going to be highly owned there for sure. Um, but in, in a spot where I'm, he's the highest owned guy on the slate and I need to pick apart something, I'm, I'm just worried about his, his current role because I'm a believer in Boone. I've played him plenty in preseason football and that guy looks good. And they have a full week to, you know, game plan with Atlanta here. Uh, I, I, I see Boone, you know, maybe being like a 70, 30, uh, with, with touches. So it's, it's going to be tough to stomach to pay 7,200 for a guy that's, you know, possibly not going to be, uh, getting like, a like a 90% share of an offense. Right. So that, that would be my only uh, reservation. Right. I mean, uh, everything I mean, that you, you said could, is, is you true. Say, like, go, yeah. You could say that about anybody, like anybody that has like three live running backs on their team, you could say that about, but like, yeah, but this I'm, is an unknown situation, right? So I'm, 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 I'm expecting Madison to get the, 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 the full bell cow treatment is the way I'm approaching it. So we just have difference of, of opinion. Right. Uh, yeah. Yep. Tambo, what do you, what do you think about the, the Viking backfield here? I'm, I'm off it. Like, I don't care. I just, I just not going to play that at 37% on DraftKings when there's Derek Henry, Aaron Jones, James Connor, Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt, James Robinson, like listen to all those names. We know what they are. They're that price for a reason. I know it's the best matchup, it could be way bad. I'm not living, I'm not going to do it just because of ownership, but the thought process is this, is that, you know, on every side, he's going to be popular. He makes a lot of sense on FanDuel for the touchdown upside. I think he at least bangs one in. I just don't know about the overall. And, you know, if he does get a lot, if you look back like the last year and a half, he doesn't get a lot of opportunity, but even when he has, it's not like he's done a lot with it. So, you know, there's games that he had 14 and 13 attempts and didn't do much at all. So it's not that he can't, and the matchup is so good. I get it. But Derek Henry's actually one of my favorite tournament plays of the week for that exact reason. He's not getting much less ownership. It's like 10 or 12% less as of right now. But a couple things, it's more twofold. One, it's a, you know, pivot at the running back position for the same, you know, for a hundred bucks more, you get Derrick Henry. I still like that matchup. We've talked about it on here the last few weeks. It hasn't been great, but uh, we talked about week one with Kansas city against Houston. It's that's now long gone. We're on to week six here, but there's been other teams that have had some upside against them or maybe some bad luck, but they still did quite a bit. And I think Derrick Henry's just a different kind of back. I don't really care that he's not getting the passing upside. And then from a leverage position, when we get to uh, wide receiver later, guys are on, you know, relates to quarterback, Tannehill, AJ Brown. There, there's all those guys in the mix. Johnu after last week that people are going to want to go to these guys. And I think you can leverage that spot. So it's kind of like a perfect storm of a pivot at the position, a leverage for the construction and the ownership still only 20%. I say only because, you know, there's still eight out of 10 lineups don't got them. So I'm, I'm fine with that. And then I'm even good on, James Conner. I think uh, with Deontay Johnson out, we've mentioned a couple of the injuries off the top, and we're going to mention more as we go throughout. I think they just want to get back to that and just keep pounding it. And I think he's been playing pretty good ball this year. If you look so far, you know, 15, 18, 16 attempts, the games he's played, he's got some receptions, yardage there. You know, his DK scores have been decent. So uh, I don't mind going back to him as well, just in that same zone. And like I said, there's even other names around him. So I just don't think I have to go way overweight on a guy like Madison just because he's going to be, be a smash spot and no backup. I think it's like you said, Boone is actually a real thing and didn't look bad a couple runs last week for like 20 yards. So small sample, but you never know. Yeah. I, I'm kind of right there with you with uh, Derek Henry. Um, it's a very unique situation with Derek Henry uh, on a short week. 
they played on Tuesday night. So a lot of people are going to bring up that, hey, <clears throat> Jeremy McNichols was used quite a bit in that game. I think it was just to stay fresh for this upcoming weekend. I mean, they, they realize they're, they're on a short week. Um, and this is a spot, like you said, Houston's been, been terrible versus the run uh, most weeks. So I don't know. I think, I think they rely quite a bit on Derrick Henry for, for their offense this week. Um, Kirkwood, where, where are you with uh, the Derrick Henry play? I'm out um, on him. It's not I pass it. catching. I, I'm just – I got too many other guys. Like, I'm like – I love Madison personally, so I, I think he smashes. Um, and I, I – so I'll probably – like, I hope that people talk him down and his ownership gets down. That's the way I'm thinking in my head because, okay. like, I, I know he's going to be, like, a lock on, like – FanDuel and like uh and yeah. Yahoo. FanDuel and Yahoo is so, everywhere, like 80% where he's so, he's so cheap. Like he's that. so yeah. cheap, so damn cheap. But like um uh I don't know. I mean I, I'm I'm not I think he's gonna be extremely popular, but I can see a lot of people by the end of the week, you know, getting him out of favor by the time by by game time and just because everyone's going to be stacking this passing that's the thing it's going to be a chalky so so it's going to it's going to lead to less ownership if you have like your rules set up where you don't want you don't you utilize him in your stacks although a lot of people don't even know how to like take the running back out of the equation so i'm sure he'll get there'll be just extra added pieces in in stacks but um but I think that will take away some of his ownership because of the passing games are going to be so heavily concentrated on. And I think it's like his ownership is just going to like, it's just going to trend down as we get closer to game time. So that's- I, one, one last thing on him. And I think you're right there, but just to chime in again, is that, you know, last week he smashed it real realistically, you know, four, 20 on the ground to 112 yards. The only thing he really didn't get is a touchdown, which let's add that because I think we can this week. And then what you give him 26, 27 points, there's going to be guys that smash that number. I think it's still a big enough slate. As long as it stays at 11 games at 7,200, that's not as ideal when you've got guys like, you know, we'll have mix in a couple weeks ago with 46 for cheaper. There's so many guys down here that we haven't even talked about yet. We're about to get into that can smash us. I think Madison's, you know, high dollar single entry. You want the safety and the upside cash games, all those other sites where it's touchdown dependent or Yahoo extremely cheap, lock them in. But in large field, it's, I don't know. You, you can do what you want. I just think there's other guys that are going to bust his ceiling open. And I think last week was a really good game for him. And you add a touchdown, it's 26-27. That's what I think we see this week. So if that's enough for you, pop it in. I think there's guys that will beat that and plenty across the board. What I'm saying is this guy is Dalvin Cook. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so um, uh, I, he's, he's so damn good. Um, and their, uh, their, their yards per carry over time is the exact same. And so uh, I'm expecting him to just slot right in. So that's the way I'm playing it. So we we plant our flags. We bet against each other on this one. It's me. Yeah, we have you. to. I've never, I've never seen him be Dalvin Cook. I don't. Where, where are you seeing a game where he has like high yards per carry and being? It's going to be this week. It's going to be this weekend when First he's time full, in fully had the opportunity. Um, All right. This is it. This is it's going down. So this is this is me versus you two. And I'll probably lose, but whatever. by the way, I remember rostering a lot of Mike Boone last year at uh, in December, and I was just looking at his his role last year, and he had a 17 carry, 148 yard touchdown, and then two catches for 12 yard performance. So, I mean, the guy can still work uh, the backup to Madison. So he got five snaps last game. I know, but that was a 
that was a mid-game injury. And, this, and I this don't. And he's not week. like he's not like a real he's not like a real pass catching back. So it's like that would be Amir Abdullah if they wanted to go there, which I don't think they're going to want to do. So I'm right. So I'm, I'm just ex- trying to poke holes into how the yeah. play doesn't work out, right? I think there's, so, a, there's a lot of ways it doesn't get there. We're spending a lot of time on it, but I think you're right. And that's really mm-hmm. what it comes down to. And I just think the bigger thing is the price and the opportunity around him. It's, if he was 5,500 or 68, even 6,500, you go down to that range, there's a couple plays there, but he'd be way more in play than when you go up here. I think those, these other plays, we didn't even talk about Aaron Jones and what's that, like a 50-something point total. And it, it's definitely a possibility for him to bang two or three in and it ends up being all the, the Green Bay on the ground game. James Conner, I already mentioned. Uh, Mike Davis against Chicago. What, what about that play at 7,000? Yeah, he's a great play. It's going to be a extremely He's, he's averaging, to, okay, 23, 22, 30 is his last three games. I just told you I think that's what Madison's going to get as a ceiling. So I think that's – Yeah, but, a, I, but, I dis, but I disagree. That's the, that's he's going to get 40 uh, or something. It's just not going to happen. That's just not <laughs> happening. We're, we're going to see. Um, and, uh, but, okay. So let's talk about Mike Davis. So Mike Davis is a great play. Um, and, uh, you know, cause Chicago has certainly been gashed uh, by the run. Um, they actually have been gashed in explosive run plays. Um, and you know, they're kind of that, you know, teams aren't successful passing against them. So this is going to be a spot where, you know, he's going to step right in and just, you know, get his monster workload from all, from all in the passing game, from all, from all angles. And just the, the fact that it's uh, it's the path of least resistance against this team that they're going to have to run Mike Davis. So, I mean, his usage is in, in crazy. So it's, it, it is CMC level type stuff mm-hmm. that we're seeing. So like, you just have to like him. So I have nothing, I can't poke any hole in him whatsoever. I think he's a really strong play. I would just say again with him uh, to look at Reggie Bonifon if he is out again this week because, you know, we, we got almost 95% of CMC last week because there was no Reggie Bonifon. But if he is active, um, you know, Bonifon can definitely siphon away, right? So uh, he did two weeks ago with 10 carries and two uh, catches. So just Yeah, but that was when he was that. banged up when uh, Davis got hurt in that game, like, and was banged up. And then he, so he, he siphoned off that touchdown. So I think it's like, they want to use Davis and they will, you get the max out of Davis and then Bonifant will be there. It's the way that I look at that. Um, But uh, anyway, he's a great play. Uh, Let's talk about uh, my boy, James Robinson. So this guy's getting a elite level usage. Um, only uh, Derrick Henry, CMC when he's played, Mixon, Zeke, Josh Jacobs um, have a higher share of, of team carries. I mean, this guy is the bell cow running back. Um, he's coming off of his worst game of the season where he rushed 13 times for 48 yards and no touchdowns against the Texans. Did, however, see the most targets he's seen so far this season with, with seven uh, since the Jags were pretty much trailing throughout. And uh, the game was really slow in the beginning. Um, but nonetheless, the usage is there. And now he just he rolls into a home matchup against the 31st-ranked DVOA run defense who can't stop anybody, the Detroit Lions, who are allowing 5.57 yards per carry, 25th in yards before contact allowed per rush. It's like every anywhere I go to, like, try to find something, like – 
this guy just screams like great play coming off of a bad game where people aren't going to want to play him as much with a price that's like probably too high on DraftKings. But we saw the upside that this guy possesses. And I, uh, I think, you know, in the right game script, I mean, he could go absolutely bananas, um, you know, especially if, I mean, he did go bananas against Miami. Um, we're forgetting that, you know, two, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and then uh, and had a monster game against Tennessee. I think we should be expecting that again uh, this week. And DJ Shark is probably not going to play. And so, yes, uh, Chenault is going to be popular, but like it would make some more sense to give him a little bit of a usage increase um, as well. So like, I can't find anything wrong with him personally. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm James Robinson. I like him a lot this week. Um, matchup, obviously great. Usage, awesome. Um, yeah, and, you know, pa- passing-wise, I think people are going to struggle, you know, outside of maybe Chenault playing anybody on their offensive side just because of how much uh, Gardner Minshew kind of spreads the ball around. So, yeah, I mean, Detroit stacks are kind of an easy double stack for me this week. Um, and then bringing it back with the Chenault and James Robinson is going to be really popular. Um, I like James Robinson just uh, by himself too in lineups. So doesn't need to be in game stacks. Yeah. I like him a lot. And I think, I think you're right, right at this price uh, point at 16,800. Um, a lot of people are going to want to go up a little bit to the Mike Davis's, the Madison's, the Derek Henry's instead of, instead of uh, being down uh, to James Robinson. So yeah, I like that play overall. Yeah, he's still showing up with uh, decent ownership, and I think for for good reason. Because uh, Mike, or sorry, Mike Davis is still showing up, like you were saying, with good with good ownership at twenty five percent. Robinson's the way to go, right? If you drop down, I still like Mike Davis, but like you said, there's a a player, and you said maybe too expensive. That's maybe how people view it. Maybe that's why the ownership's that way, Kirkwood. I, I love it, and it's just a good bounce back spot. It's the usage is there for sixty eight hundred. I actually think it's more fair for a guy that we could we've seen can have the upside. And plus, the other thing we didn't even talk about this yet, but when we get to quarterbacks, Stafford and, and Minshew are going to be mentioned and all their pass catchers. And then Brett just sort of gave it away. The good way to do it, I think, is to, you know, run a Stafford, pick a guy between Galladay and Jones, maybe a Hawkinson or someone in there, and then run it back with James Robinson. So I, I like that play a lot. And I think in this range, uh, one guy, what, what odds will you give me that Jonathan Taylor beats Madison DK points this week? I like Jonathan Taylor a lot too. Okay. Um, I, I like that one more. I think he does something this week. I think this is the spot, uh, you know, Indy's a, a team that can get it done. And he, he's been, he's been disappointing people as well. And if you look at the spot here, you know, since he's got some linebackers out, got to wait on the Wilkins news, but if he's out, especially it, it just adds to it even more. And at 6,400, it feels like people aren't going back. What's the, uh, what's the thoughts you've got over here? The ownership shows around 13%. So summer in summer out, it's, it's creeping around that range. Yeah, I mean, I'm in on him. I think the, I, I've already, I like him every week. So, um, and he's just like getting out of favor because, you know, his, his usage has gone down a little bit and his production has certainly gone down. But um, the monster game is going to be coming at some point. He still runs behind this elite offensive line. Like you said, since his defense is banged up um, and, you know, I don't know if Wilkins is going to miss or if how much that matters or how much Naheem Hines, but like it just takes the right game script for him to have a monster day. And like that very well could be this, this week with them um, at home against Cincinnati. So it's, it's a, it's a great spot. Like all he's got to do is just find the end zone 
couple times here. I mean, and problem is Philip Rivers sucks, doesn't he? Isn't he just awful? Well, so. yeah, and then Anthony Costanzo um, was out last week, but he's fully uh, participated in practice this uh, this past week. So uh, the the left tackle that they brought in, man, he was causing a lot of issues. Um, like he could not block. So uh, I think I think that is going to be good overall for this offense. Um, other other guys. Um, I mean, I, I have I talk about it every week, but I got to bring up my boy David Montgomery uh, facing Carolina. Like this is the final. This is finally the spot. I mean, I was like reaching last week, right? And he had a good game, eighteen point nine fantasy points. But like I talked about, like the usage increase and the fact that there's you know, passing gaming increase without uh, um, Tariq Cohen anymore. And, uh, you know, he is a bell cow. And now it was like an extremely tough matchup, right, against uh, Tampa Bay. And so, yes, they, they limit uh, – their game plan had to limit a bunch of rushes for them, but he got 10 rushes, 29 yards. But he, the, he got eight targets, seven receptions, 30 yards. Did, did get a rushing touchdown, put up 19 fantasy points, 18.9. Now – is in a much different game environment in Carolina where he's 5,800. Um, so just a tiny increase, but like the matchup is, is way, way better. And like that usage. So now I, we, I, we should expect a ton more rushing attempts. You know, they're really only other runner that they use is the kind of the, the gimmick uh, Cordero Patterson, who's going to get some rushes and they're going to do that, but he's not, he's not like, gonna he's not gonna split snaps with this guy or anything like that that's just not gonna happen and uh and he's just getting that passing game work so like he's not electric but he's certainly good in my opinion and uh it just matters if he finds that end zone which he did against this tampa bay d last week which was phenomenal so now it's carolina and he's 5800 he's my favorite like like cheapish play there's, there's not much to poke holes on that play. Just the only thing I can say again is ownership is so high uh, for him at 26.2. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think he earns it. I mean, uh, this Carolina defense brought Todd Gurley back to life. Um, I couldn't believe like how, how many yards he was getting every single carry. Uh, he had 14 for 121 and a touch. Um, even caught four balls for 29 yards. So the only running back that has kind of failed uh, against the Panthers was Chase Edmonds. So uh, everybody else has kind of gotten really off uh, versus D. So, yeah, great spot. Only thing that I can uh, break down is just ownership level uh, being that high. Um, so my pivot there would be like a Miles Gaskin, who yeah, I think is just in another the, great spot. That's the play. And um, it's, uh, I mean, that's like the easiest running back correlate the defense running back correlation play of the week is the miles Gaskin Miami Dolphins defense against the Jets yeah I think the Dolphins defense though is pretty expensive um uh, I guess not on DraftKings they're 2900 yeah on other sites are a little bit more but yep um I mean and uh I mean so really you know Howard was like a, a DNP a healthy scratch last week um I'm assuming that would be the case again uh, Breda is not a big workload guy. Um, so it's like Gaskin is like getting elite usage. Um, and, uh, it's the jets and the jets suck. So like, yes, they're better against the run than a pass the, at least from a town standpoint, but like any, any team can have a good, 
good game wherever they want against this Jets team. I just say that every week, and that's just the case. So, like, if this if the Jets score, then like the Fitzy passing game is going to be go bananas, you know, against this horrendous secondary. But if the Jets don't score much, which you know, the it's it's uh, your boy at quarterback uh, Flacco, ta- uh, ta- uh, Tambo. Uh, I'm sure you're a big Flacco fan, right? I'm on the new age this week. We'll get uh, to it. Been, I'm off the old school elite and onto the new school elite in Lamar Jackson, who I'm never on. So we're going to segue there in a second. But yeah, you're right. Dude, um, Dolphins are a 10 point favorite. That is ridiculous. Yeah, so it, and it's, per, it's perfect game script uh, for him, for Gaskin. Um, yeah, he's a good play. Play him. Um, who else? Are anybody else? that we missed uh, Ronald Jones is kind of interesting to me. It's like based on the, the fact that like the green Bay can certainly give it up to the, to running backs. It's a monster total. Um, he's looked good. It's just like, what's, what's Burnett? Like, are we sure that uh, Leonard Fournette is going to impact him much coming back? I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a strong take either. But I think like there's a good chance that Fournette might not get much of a workload, and it may be like that Ronald Jones has earned um, a, a high workload, and, and therefore is another good play that's going to get like extremely low ownership because everyone's going to be not going to want to go there because the passing games are so sexy in this game, and then the fact that uh, Fournette's coming back. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as high on that. Uh, you know, I think it's like you said, only because Fournette. I do. I did like him coming in, but with Fournette news, I, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a little bit riskier. The one guy we didn't mention there, I only really like two more guys, so I'll hit him right now. But I, I like uh, Joe Mixon. You mentioned earlier about his usage; it just kept, you know, it's up and up and up. 24, 25 attempts the last couple of games, bunch of targets in there. I think that they're going to be down. I think they'll still use him. They've been using that. He's electric when he gets the ball in his hands and. He's a guy that can break a slate, as we saw it a couple of weeks ago. It'd be, it might surprise people, but you know, in three of his last nine games in the NFL, he's got over 30 DraftKings points, which might, you know, like I said, it's not someone you think of all the time, but you might forget from last year you know, the, the big games that he can have. So I think that's good. I think you know, uh, Burrow has shown trust in him at last couple of games especially, and he's, he's put up some numbers for him. So at 6,200, I think he's an interesting play. And then the one guy, this one's probably not exciting for anybody else, but – I liked him. I always had him on my, my fantasy teams across, you know, other seasons when I, I barely play season long anymore, but uh, Devonte Freeman was a keeper for me and he actually looked pretty good last week. So I don't know if he's back, but in, you know, in with the giants, he was moving around, man. He was shaking a little bit and getting it done. He's way down at 4,900 against Washington. I'm not too worried about them. So I think that's another one that could be good. And you might even be able to get a little secondary stack going with the, uh, you know, scary Terry, or, you know, if you want to play like Brett, you can use Logan Thomas again, you know, try him out across the other side. <laughs> yeah. That, that does, that didn't work out too well. You know, I had to get the jab in publicly too, not just off the air. So we'll get it in a couple of times. What, what do you think about those plays, Brett? Yeah, I'm, I'm down with a little Devante Freeman exposure, but I think, you know, we kind of got a unique situation here uh, in Denver um, with Melvin Gordon's like DUI um, speeding, then he went home uh, sick uh, today. So, I mean, this this could open up um, somewhat chalky Philip Lindsay at 4,300 uh, at New England. So that, that'll that kind of change my my outlook on some of these cheaper guys, right? If we get uh, Philip Lindsay 
um, being the main guy there. Uh, so I don't know. I don't exactly know how I'm going to attack that, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind uh, having a little bit of uh, Devonte Freeman. He's, he's been utilized uh, actually quite heavily uh, the last few weeks, um, getting work also in the past game. So that, that we like um, under 5k uh, to be a little bit more unique by paying down here. Um, yeah. I don't mind that at all. And three and four. I mean, he's getting a little passing work too, like you said. So I think that's, something to look at at 4,900. But like you said, Philip Lindsay would open some things up if he gets in the game and he can sort of get it from all angles. So I wouldn't hate that too if, uh, if uh, Melvin Gordon's going to be out. Yeah, and we definitely saw Philip Lindsay in, in this role last year where he was getting, you know, 15 to 20 touches pretty consistently last year. So, um, yeah, with no Melvin – if Melvin Gordon is out, I think he becomes pretty chalky on the slate. So it's going to change – it's going to change a lot of ownership around for sure. Uh, Kirkwood, how do you, how do you see that if uh, Melvin Gordon is out? Yeah. I mean, he's there. He's usable. I think, I think this Pat's D is elite again. Um, I think they're good against the pass and the run. I think they've got a great front. Um, I think, so I think I would temper my expectations um, on success that he's going to have, but I, especially cause there's not really that much of a real threat on uh, Denver and in their passing game. So, but I think he'll get utilized on a bunch of dump offs and whatnot. And so for 4,300, he's so cheap that it's not going to matter. I would much rather get up to uh, Montgomery if I mm -hmm. could, but I mean, mm -hmm. that's a significant price jump, but I think like in this match, in the matchup Montgomery has, I think the ceilings are way, way different between the two. Um, but, uh, but I think he's a good play. Um, so I, I mean, he's, he's going to be chalky if, if, uh, we get that news. So what was it? The DUI and then, uh, got sent, sent home for a non COVID related illness, which sounds kind of weird to me. Yeah. Like, it sounds like maybe there's a fight going on or he's being punished or what? I don't know. Um, I have no idea. Um, anyway, I think that's good. Like we hit everybody. Yep. Yeah. That's about all I got. Um, you good there, Tambo? Yeah, man. We can move on to uh, right. quarterback. Quarterback it is. Um, guys that are going to be pretty popular starting the way. I mean, it's really just all about the game stacks, right? Like, so, but it's funny because it's not, no one's going to want to play Kirk Cousins, right? Like you want to play this game stack, but you don't want to play Kirk Cousins. So therefore people are going to just end up playing Matt Ryan more, but uh, I think he'll get, they'll, they'll both get some, some ownership. I think Matthew Stafford is going to get some ownership now. I've heard a lot of talk about him. Um, he's 6,300 just because of that monster total. Um, I think Fitzpatrick uh, is going to uh, command some ownership, you know, against uh, one of his former teams um, for uh, 5,900. Um, Tannehill looked uh, really uh, solid. Um, ran it uh, ran it up uh, his uh, fantasy point production with that pass when they should have ran. God damn it um, <laughs> to uh, Johnny Johnny Smith. Um, anyways, but he's got his weapons back, right? Like so, AJ Brown is back, right? I'm gonna. It's he looked phenomenal. He was definitely hurt the first game. He didn't look right. Didn't produce. Then uh, you know they sat him for a few weeks and he comes back. And now, granted, he had a, a great matchup because Tredavious White was out. So that was a, a boost for him in that game. But, like, he looked awesome. So he, you know, this, this passing game is a, is a little bit stronger. So that's a way there's, you know, you're going to have to 
figure out how you want to play that, whether you're going to go more on uh, Derrick Henry or you're going to, you know, you can certainly, you know, leverage some of that Henry ownership with more uh, Tannehill um, and A.J. Brown stacks. But A.J. Brown is going to be so chalky. Because yep. he was so and I think, th- I think that is price. perfect leverage right there, Kirkwood, is, is you got John o. Smith and A.J. Brown. That's going to be super chalky. And then I think Derrick Henry is going to be pretty low owned in comparison. So I think, uh, he'll be, I, think, I think they're all going to be chalky, but just not together. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, just like Dak and the boys last week. Like I, said, I was saying earlier, remember Dak and Cooper and everyone's thought it was going to be Cooper and Zeke. And we're like, well, it can't be, it normally can't be all of them. So we're going to see how this shakes out. And typically it's whatever, it's the opposite of what you think, at least in a sense, because sure. everyone's like, oh, I'm just going to leverage the Dak side. If everyone's going to take the pass game over there, we're going to get Zeke and, and wreck it that way. I've even said it myself. And then you go back and look and you learn on the Sunday show. I'm like, I can see what's going to happen here now. And it looks like that with Minnesota. I, I know you said no one wants to play him. I think it's a great spot to play Cousins. But now that, like you said, it's just sort of leaning that way all the way for, you know, because of the Madison stuff, everyone wanting to move off. You might get what your, your wish, right, and get less guys on him in a, in a sense and, and more moving over to this pass game trying to go with it. I've already heard some takes on that across the and industry. Then the, the problem with that is that, like, feeling is such a phenomenal play, right? except for like the ownership is that, and then that's going to obviously gravitate ownership towards cousins with the stacks. So it's like, it's, and, and how condensed they are over there. Like they literally use the same guys. Jefferson Thielen. Yeah. Maybe a little Irv Smith this week. Yeah. They'll definitely be Irv Smith because he's so cheap. And and tight end is such a wasteland that it's, there's that, there's that narrative now and about like Troutman, you could still win GPPs with Troutman. You know, because of your overall zero. lineup build. Yeah. I, I couldn't. <laughs> um, I couldn't either, man. I had two zeros uh, that week, and I still made money, though. Uh, I had the Brandon Cooks zero and the Troutman zero. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So Screw Brandon Cooks, too, last week. Oh, <sighs> you didn't get there. Um, all right. Uh, so, Gardner Minshew. All right, well, let's talk about Deshaun. Right. So like um, Deshaun should be popular, get some ownership for a good reason. Now his price has gone up, but uh, you know, depending on, uh, I mean, on Yahoo, he's dirt cheap still again. Um, I don't know what he is on FanDuel, but um, anyways, they got him going last week, right? Like he was a struggle that first half. He looked horrible in the beginning and then they, they got things going. What did they do? They did a lot more play action, right? Like which, you know, they showed a willingness to uh, open up the passing game and they, they put a lot of play, ac- uh, play action. And he actually he got 35 pass attempts, which is more than he threw against the Chiefs in a game which was like uh, slower paced and uh, where they were in control as opposed to being from behind. So that, you know, they, they passed 35 attempts in a, in a game that, they didn't really need to. So like if, uh, if this, if they do fall behind or if this, uh, this game starts going, I mean, there's, there's, there's more of a ceiling there. Uh, certainly what, you know, and then um, Adoree Jackson still out, looks like he's going to be out again for the Titans. Who's their only really good option in the secondary. And he's the only one who has speed that could match with Will Fuller. Um, so I'm expecting an, another big game uh, or a good game out of Will Fuller. I think Deshaun Watson um, should do well. Uh, the thing that we did see is that, you know, the, the um, Tennessee plays that zone defense that really did limit the rushing attempt. They like 
like Josh Allen didn't even run against them, which was crazy to me. Like he didn't, didn't even do it, but that's a part of that is their defensive scheme. So um, I wouldn't be so excited about uh, Deshaun using his legs in this one, but I would be excited about him exploiting the matchups to, uh, to Will Fuller. And now that this passing game is starting to, to look a little bit, little bit better with that really strong second half. So I think he's a good play. Um, and then the other option would be Gardner Minshew potentially um, in that perspective shootout um, uh, with bad teams. Uh, and then the guy I really love is Cam. Um, uh, I'm a homer, everyone knows. Um, but uh, I can get in the sense that he's getting kind of overlooked. And, you know, with the COVID layoff, um, you know, they're 10 point home favorites uh, against this Bronco D that's just been decimated. Um, they've been gashed via the pass. So um, they rank 18th in DVOA versus the pass. Um, so I'm expecting some, at least some efficiency in the passing game. Um, but they're also missing Jarrell Casey and Von Miller, you know, of their starting front, which is so Belichick could exploit them with design QB runnings, uh, rush, rushes in this game. So I'm expecting Newton to get back into the end zone like he did in those first two games um, and, you know, for some rushing touchdowns. And uh, if, if things break right, then it could be Yahtzee with uh, Cam. And uh, he's easy to pair with, like, <clears throat> take your pick of uh, Nikhil Harry, um, Tamir Bird for really cheap. That really helps, you know, fit in some other high-end guys in your lineup or um, or Edelman. So, um, yeah, I'm – I know the Patriots like to run a lot, but uh, I think they'll, they'll be running a lot with uh, Cam, assuming this game plays. But those are kind of like the, the guys that I, that I like at this point. And then I'll let uh, Tambo give me his thoughts on these guys, and then uh, he can tell us all about Lamar. I'll cut Brett off first for one time here, just because I think it's a good time to cut in. And I think it's interesting, like you said, that, you know, the couple things. One is the ownership is looking like it's going to be pretty spaced out. But if you look at, you know, who it's showing on right now, it's going to be guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Matt Stafford, Ryan Tannehill. So if that excites you, I mean, it does. I like the stacks with them. I'm going to play 150 lineups at least. So I'm going to have them in my pool because it's the cheap quarterbacks always been the thing. You get the high upside, build your stacks. But I do think the interesting point on this slate is that, you know, no one's really on Lamar Rogers, Deshaun Watson, just use those three at the top. They have a little bit, but not really enough to talk about. And with no Mahomes, no Russ, no Dak because the injury, RIP Dak. You know, all these big-time quarterbacks that are off this slate that we're used to having. The issue is here, I think, is you could have Lamar, Aaron Rodgers, or Deshaun just blow away this quarterback position and score like, you know, five, ten more than anybody in range and, and really crush. And of those guys I mentioned that are chalk, you could absolutely see those guys failing and coming down with it and not putting up anything. And then that just changes the whole concept because you've got all these builds that are built around those quarterbacks and stacks. And you've got all these guys at the top just smashing. And it'll be the same at tight end this week when we get there, but you're missing all the other guys besides Mark Andrews. So that's why I like Lamar Jackson for once. And I'm not normally on him. I also think this could be an opportunity where he gets to running the ball. We haven't seen it. I don't know if it was because the injury nobody does last week where he was coming back off that slight knee injury and they were just having him take a little bit you know, less opportunities. Obviously he's trended down 16, nine, seven, and two, not sure why, but this would be a spot where I think you could see it. The only thing I think Philly has is that a little bit in the front, they have nothing in the secondary. So he's either going to scramble on them and get loose, or he's going to be chucking bombs to Brown, 
whoever else and Andrews. I, I think it's still pretty condensed there, though, with Andrews and Brown. So I like Lamar this week, but I also like Rodgers and Deshaun, who you mentioned at the top. Yeah, and I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, there's, there's three quarterbacks to me that have a ceiling above everybody else, and that's Lamar, Deshaun Watson, and Cam Newton. And I know uh, Kirkwood brought this up that I think a lot of people aren't talking about New England because of their um, bye week last week, their COVID bye week. Uh, so it feels pretty good to get me some uh, Cam Newton and some Demir Bird. Uh, I was super impressed with Demir Bird uh, the week before. Um, had a lot of, lot of air yards, good target uh, share here. Um, I don't know. I just I feel really good about, about uh, that combo. And then, you know, you can bring it back with, uh, obviously it matters with the running back situation, but uh, I feel pretty confident in like Phil Lindsay, obviously, if Melvin Gordon's out or, you know, bringing it back with um, uh, the, the rookie there, uh, like I think Jerry Judy. So, yeah, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a unique stack, especially with everybody kind of going to a couple teams here with with the Atlanta, Minnesota uh, standing out and the Detroit Jacksonville game uh, standing out. So um, that's, it's one of the stacks that I kind of made before uh, we went on the show here. So, um, but yeah, I kind of, kind of looking at just uh, ceilings of these quarterbacks, the three running uh, quarterbacks really stick out the most. And I think what we just needed to take in uh, to play last week was that, Hey, Lamar Jackson sat out a practice, right. Cause of his knee. So that maybe it was a lot worse than what we initially thought. He has not set out any practice this week. So, and he's been hearing it uh, in the media, like, hey, you only ran it twice. What's going on? And he's been basically saying, hey, there's nothing wrong with the offense. You know, uh, they won. I feel like he might come out and try and prove something here with his legs. So I don't know. I just, I feel like a pretty good spot here to invest in Lamar, uh, even though he's burned people for the last five weeks. I'm going to touch on your um, uh, Judy uh, take. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, Jonathan Jones is like the one vulnerable spot on the Patriots defense. Um, they've been gashed in the slot. And uh, Judy is, uh, you know, their slot guy. And also, you know, with Drew Locke back, they're, you know, more competent um, in the passing game. I know Siege is a big uh, Drew Locke fan, so it's got to get you excited oh whenever you hear uh, an analyst. Uh, Usually um, likes those backup quarterbacks, though. Um, but uh, so I like that. Uh, Lamar, I have a take on, too. So here's the thing. Like, I'm, so I'm concerned, right? I played him last week again. Like, I'm concerned because of the knee and just concerned. But I don't know how much of it has to do with his knee actually being injured or it's just the way that these games have been game scripted out. His defense is too damn good. That's been the problem. They so they that's definitely they, an issue. Yeah. They they scored that that uh, pick six or whatever last week, and and it just like the game was over. And it's like and and Cincinnati could do nothing. So they didn't have to do anything but to just hand the ball off, hand them off. In the first half, he was connecting with uh, uh, Marquise Brown. Um, and uh, like was looking great. They just didn't have to do anything. So he didn't, he didn't run. And it was the only time he's, I think he had three rushing yards. It's like his by far his career low. Like only time he didn't do anything in the rushing game, but uh, I don't think he had to. So like, like we're like, 
if it happens again this week, you know, and like Tambo alluded to, the pressure, uh, Philly pressures, right? So, like, it would make sense that he's going to have to get into some scramble situations and then take off, which he can do. Um, so we'll see. I think we'll get a good good feeling this week. But, again, this could be another spot where, like, Baltimore just does whatever they want against Philly. And uh, Philly is just, you know, they're so with so many injuries on that team, like, on the offensive and defensive end, like, who knows? Maybe we don't get the script, but I think it's there. And so I'm not like discounting the running rushing upside yet. And so I think like, that's, that's a good way to leverage in GPPs because it's, it still could eat very easily be there. We just haven't gotten the right game script for it. Yeah. And if I, if I was going to pair him up with a pass catcher, I would definitely side with Mark Andrews this week because uh, Marquise Brown's going to get uh, Slay. Jerry Slay uh, shadow. So should give you some, a little bit more opportunity with for Andrews here. Yep. And Andrew should be pretty, pretty low owned, I think, uh, with how this slate is shaping up. So uh, just, just looking at ownerships. I don't know if he's going to, because he's like, so the problem with him is that like, he's going to get talked about because the matchup is really good. Uh, Philly's just been gashed by, I mean, George, all you got to do is look at George Kittle's game against the, that's going to yeah. skew. I guess no Kittle, gonna, Kelsey. Probably. That's going to skew the numbers. So the numbers are going to look ridiculous against uh everyone so everyone's going to tout tout that and so but for good reason but then and then you also get the Darius Slay piece right like the, that just makes sense so like Marquise Brown is like their their clear number one wide receiver who's probably going to be somewhat limited in this game it's just a path of uh least resistance would be to Andrews and right. so and there's no good high upside tight ends right like mm-hmm. Zach Erst looks dusty um Johnny Smith, sure, but there's so many options in that game. Um, but yeah, but people are still going with the cheap guys. That's what you're, you know. You're, I think you're going there. But you got Irv Smith, Trey Burton, um, T.J. Hawkinson for the Stafford stacks, Gasecki for the Fitzpatrick stacks. It's like people are moving around, and that's what I was trying to say. When you go Lamar, the the play is Andrews for sure. If you want to just take a shot and say, you know, Slade might not be able to do it against a guy like Hollywood, try him out and run a triple stack. But you don't need a triple stack with Lamar. He could run two in not even get it going on the ground, but just run two in at the line and hit Andrews for one or two. And that's their game. And those two just crush. And again, that's going to set your lineup far apart from where everybody else is at. And we did talk a lot about some of these value running backs. So I actually think there's some builds out there that are nice for tournaments that most people I mean, won't be on that or not on it enough. I like Andrews. Uh, I think, uh, I think you got, you guys are definitely right. I think Mark Andrews is the stack with Lamar. Um, and I just think that Andrews is going to get a little bit more ownership by the time Sunday comes, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. No, I think um, you're right. Pro- probably will get a little more, but it's funny. Yeah, it's like, but I don't care. I don't give yeah, a, I, who cares? I don't give a shit about yeah, it. And if he breaks the slate, what's 12%? You know what? Like this, like, ownership doesn't really matter. It's about correlating, correlating your lineups for the upside. Like, and like having like a low, all you need is one, like, semi-low owned guy in a lineup to like make it unique with some good correlation. It's like, it's so it's, it's overplayed. Um, so, I mean, there's like a million ways to do it. You know what I mean? So I'm not worried. Like, I'm not worried about it. like, that's like, that, this is going to be, this is like going to be the lowest we've gotten Lamar Jackson in ages, the lowest. And, and uh, we've got an easy uh, pairing with him. So uh, I like it. Um all right, what else are – where are we at? We had a – We still have a wide receiver. We, we, do we have any uh, quarterback plays we didn't mention? Tom Brady? 
No. Noodle arm, my boy. No. I, mean, I actually don't have it's, many it, more, to be honest. It's His tough weapons to grab. Back. It's tough to grab a quarterback in that game, right? I mean, that's again, there's only two late games uh, to invest in. Um, but I mean, if you go Rogers, Devonte Adams, or Rogers, however you're going to stack that. I mean, Rogers at 7,500. That just seems way less than optimal. Dude, Brady um, is so pissed after last week, after like for, for missing that, uh, not knowing what down it is. And he's got Evans back. Like, I mean, Evans is like not injured and uh, should Fully be fine to play, now. but Godwin, um, Godwin's back. Like, so like, I expect him to do well. I, I do like uh, your, uh, your Aaron Rodgers call too. Cause it's like, but it's just, I think it's Rogers. Price. Yeah. His price, though, at 7,500, I mean, for him to break a slate, he's going to have to put up like, I mean, he's going to have to put up a Lamar Jackson number. And can he do that without running the ball? I don't think so. Well, he's got got two 34-point games out of uh, DK points out of four, and people have been paying more for Lamar or similar to hope for that and not getting it. So why and not also, try? Why not play? And also, what what's the real upside on all these guys that we're talking about? We're we're starting off the show. We're talking about Matt Stafford, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Tannehill. Like all these guys have such a wide range of outcomes, right? Like they have like like they could all bust like or be or underwhelmed certainly, and like we don't have like we're not talking about like Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, all in these nut spots, right? Like so, exactly. it could very well be the week to pay up for like an Aaron Rodgers and have him throw for 400 yards passing or close to with, you know, with his Devonte Adams or Titanian or whoever the hell you want to throw with him. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the same thing could be for Brady, you know, who could Mike Evans uh, has a, a good, I forgot who's out, but the, the tallest guy in the secondary is out for uh, um, the Packers. Yeah. Uh, King, I think it is. Okay, Kevin, I Kevin King. Uh, I think so. I I can't remember, but um. Anyways, but like, and Brady certainly is connected with Godwin, but he's certainly developed uh, a connection with with Evans right now, and like Godwin's going to steal some of that thunder away. So like, it could be like a a Brady uh Brady Evans week because the exploiting that height differential. Um, I, I don't know, but like, I, like he's going to be up. He's going to want to like, he's going to try to like bury Aaron Rodgers. Like this is like that, this, this game could, this game could be bananas to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, the game, the game has like been bet up hard. It opened at 51 and a half. It's at 55 right now. So, um, and Tampa Bay is, has been stuffing the run since, you know, for the last year and a half. So if the Packers get off, they're probably gonna have to get off through the air or, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'd see Aaron Jones having more success uh, by catching the ball here uh, versus Tampa Bay uh, than running the ball. Yeah, and they're really good against Rod. They are missing that guy that I mentioned, uh, Vita Vega. Sure. Um, who's like, he's just a monster. He's just like, he's like a, he just takes up so much space. You can't get around him. Um, but he's, he's out. So uh, Aaron Jones could have a little bit easier time. But this is like Brady. And this is Brady back with his, his weapon against Tom Brady, you know, on the road. So this is, this is, this game, I like it. I'm going to sell myself on this game as we keep going. But anyways, the, the point remains is that this could be the week to, to pay up for like Rogers or Lamar when people aren't doing it. And because these other guys don't have this monster upside, at least that I feel confident with, you know? So anyways, um, wide receiver, let's go over to there. We gave enough options. Um, Adam Thielen is going to be the mega chalk, I think. 
Um, it's first of all, it's it's a concentrated passing tree, as we mentioned. It's also the fact that he's facing Atlanta, who's just Swiss cheese defense. But like, the numbers are ridiculous. Uh, Thielen's third, ranked third in overall in air yards. He's eighth in targets. He's first in touchdowns, first in target percentage. And this is amongst all receivers this season. Um, and this is from a run first offense, right? Like that's kind of amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and now he gets this matchup and he's not priced high enough, right? Like, like he's just, he's up to 7,300, but it's not high enough. Um, because of like, especially with this game with the monster total too. Um, and, you know, and no Dalvin Cook. So like his usage should go even higher. So it's just, he's, he's, he's gotta be a top play. Uh, Devonte Adams back um, should be healthy. You know, this guy was chirping on Twitter about, or didn't he get in trouble for, and he deleted his tweet about like. He never got in trouble. He took it down himself. Yeah. yeah but, but he like, wanted to play. So, so basically essentially that's saying that he was ready to play. Mm-hmm. And he felt like he could play. And so this guy's been well extra rested at this point. So he should be guns blazing, ready to go um, in this game. Kenny Galladay gets the the Jacksonville matchup, who's just atrocious. I think they're – what are they? Um, uh, they're 32nd, uh, dead last in DBOA against the pass, uh, Jacksonville. Um, so, man, you know – have to like that aj brown all right i'll, I'll end it there and let you guys take some <laughs> take it take it from there but aj brown is 5600 uh because he was on the uh the late game and they already put the pricing out before him coming back and saw that this guy was a monster again that we thought he was so man uh those are some good options to start with but take it there and then start to fill in some of the other guys that you guys like so brett what are you thinking yeah, I feel like this week is somewhat similar uh, to last week where I thought DeAndre Hopkins was easily the best tournament play last week. And he ended up getting there. He wasn't uh, he wasn't a great play, actually, until their last drive. I think he had like 65 yards and a touchdown on the last drive, but uh, ended up getting there. I think this week, Devontae Adams is, is a phenomenal play. Um, just looking at ownership and what, uh, what I expect him to do uh, versus Tampa Bay. Kind of already said, like, it's going to be tough for me to stomach uh, – playing Aaron Rodgers at 7,500, but I think I can grab a lot of the offense production of uh, Rodgers, at least through the air uh, with Devontae. So I'm going to have quite a bit of uh, Devontae this week. Um, And then one other guy that I just want to bring up is Julio Jones. Um, Obviously really questionable this whole week. He practiced uh, today. He's good to go uh, at 6,700. And I don't know how many people will go there at Minnesota. Um, I mean, it just feels like a great, great tournament play. Um, you know, feeling everything that you said is true. Uh, should be chalk. Galladay, way too cheap, 6,200. A.J. Brown, way too cheap at 5,600. Uh, I think out of all three, all of those three guys, I'm going to want to avoid A.J. Brown the most. Uh, just coming on a short week, uh, somewhat of an uh, injury history and kind of was injured this, uh, this week, only practiced on Friday. Uh, probably would uh, avoid that the most. I know he gets a, a decently tough cornerback matchup too, to kind of just uh, Roby, you know, but get, but, get a but little he, bit off that ownership. But yeah, I mean, they're all great plays mainly because of how cheap they are and then just how soft the landing spot is. Um, Tambo, what are you seeing uh, with the top tier wide receivers here? 
Yeah, Adams is sort of the reason. It's kind of like the Lamar thing, right? You're not going to have all these guys in the same lineup. But what I mentioned with Lamar and Andrews, and you're just changing your construction versus the field, you're doing the same thing the minute you go pay that much for Rodgers and then pop in the 8K wide receiver. But again, it's Devontae Adams. I think Kirkwood brings up a good point. It's a little bit of narrative street, but I think it's pretty much facts. When, when guys are, you know, get a little angry about stuff like that, especially an alpha top tier wide receiver one like Devontae Adams, it's like, come on, I'm tired of watching MVS and these guys go out and catch, Bob Tanya and catch a bunch of balls. It's their teammate. Don't get me wrong. They're happy. But it's time to get back to, you know, doing business here. And I, I like De- Devontae Adams for sure. Automatically changes your structure, essentially just the way it builds. I think he's an interesting player. I like uh, Ridley on the other side of that game, that Atlanta-Minnesota game. Again, I've already heard people talking about the Wizard of Oz again. I never try. Zacchaeus or whatever the heck his name is down there. I don't well, care. I mean, he, he should. If he, if he follows the Brandon Cooks pattern, then he goes off again. No, but I think yeah. he was basically just the backup to Julio. I don't think You know what? He was play. just a shit play. And, and he just sucks. That's what I'm trying to say. All these outs who freaking made me feel like I had to play him on in cash when I knew it was an awful play. Yeah. No oh, Blame it on somebody, baby. It's always somebody else. Like, I, they, I felt like I had to play. I hated CEH last week. thought it was such a fish play. And then I played him in cash because, like, I felt like I had to because everyone else was playing him. God, I'm, I'm a fish for that, that kind of thinking. And then uh, I got another one up here, though, just to keep it rolling, because Thielen, I think a, a perfect pivot and also a really nice secondary stack is to roll your Mike Davis where you're already getting – here's what's happening. You're getting off of Madison, going to Mike Davis. Not on all your lineups, Kirkwood. You don't have to do this. I'm just saying. Okay. You can, go, you can get off Madison and go to Mike Davis at, for like 10% less ownership. And then instead of going to Thielen, because everyone who the minute they go off Madison, they're going over to that Minnesota pass game, you go for the little secondary stack and pick up Allen Robinson right across. This guy is getting all the targets, man. 16 last week, 10 the week before that, 13 the week before that, 90, 101, 123 the last three. Foles was his worst game for him, but still, I, I like that little play back and forth. They don't have the biggest total on the board, but if you look at last week, there was a, I forget which game it was now, but it wasn't the highest total that ended up just going off. And you got this spot now, Chicago, Carolina. I, I feel like a few of these plays could be good. So I like Allen Robinson. And then you mentioned Fuller. Uh, I think it's just a great spot. And obviously with Watson, that's the play. What are you guys doing with Cooks? I know I'm going down the board now before we do that, but uh, you know, what's, what's your thoughts now? Is he off again, on again, off again? Yeah, I'm probably off of that. I, I like I like Will Fuller if I'm going Houston uh, this yeah. week. So probably staying away from there. I think the the Pittsburgh uh, wide receiver situation we probably need to talk through because um, we saw Chase Claypool, another stud rookie uh, wide receiver, go off for four touchdowns and not and, and like I watched that game a ton and it was like these these plays were scripted for him. So um, interesting spot. Uh, we already have Deontay Johnson ruled out, right? So he's only at 5,200 last week. I think he was at 41. So 1,100 price increase. But for how much uh, he got scripted, especially in the red zone area, I mean, this, this guy is a beast. Like, he, like his height, uh, speed, everything about him is amazing. Uh, the only thing that he doesn't get here is the matchup. Uh, Juju will get a really nice soft landing spot uh, against Cleveland. Um, so you got, you got Chase Claypool that should see a lot of Denzel Ward, um, which is Cleveland's stud uh, corner here. And Juju will be running almost all of his routes inside. So uh, you're going to get a ridiculously, uh, you know, 
cheap amount of ownership on Juju, like probably less than 5% here. Um, can you do it at 6,600, Kirkwood? Uh, who? Juju, Juju Smith? Yeah, yeah, I can, do, I, I, I can do it. I think people will say I'm a fish for it. People are, people are saying uh, Claypool is, the, is the, the guy, like, but I'm not, I'm not ready to crown him yet. yet. Like, and I know Johnson's out, but like, I, I could do Juju, no problem. Um, I don't, I don't think Juju's dust by any means. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not like Claypool's a secret anymore. You know no. what I mean? It's like, like he is going to be chalky on DraftKings. I think at fifty two hundred. Yeah, I mean, give me that. Give me the Juju pivot all day. Um, and whatever, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But um, another guy would be uh, Justin Jefferson is the obvious one in the other game. You know, at least he gets like the deep ball targets. He's actually has more yardage, uh, receiving yards than, uh, than Thielen. He just doesn't have all that, all those touchdowns and, and, and air yards and whatnot. But uh, Jefferson's a good play. Um, yeah, I don't know. What else you guys got? I like um, the flip side. I'm still back. to. The, I don't know why I like this. It's just been coming around this week on the, uh, the Carolina Chicago game for whatever reason. Just the, I think it's the Montgomery play that I'm so with you on that it just makes me think that if he does go to work, how much passing is going to have to go. I'm not super high on Teddy or anything. I didn't talk about that earlier, but I do think Robbie Anderson has shown just to be another solid wide receiver. He's getting a lot of work, man. 13. He's getting his, his most targets was actually last week. His highest yardage game was last week, highest DK scoring. So I mean, he's coming around even more on top of the other good games that he's had. And that works. You know, I just talked about Mike Davis and Allen Robinson sort of double leveling up on, you know, what most people are going to do, but I think uh, another one would be Robbie Anderson and Montgomery, right? One across from each other. Again, I don't love this game to necessarily game stack it, but I do like a couple pieces in it, and it can definitely be high scoring for fantasy. So I, I like that, and it's almost another little pivot there. If you don't want to play Kenny Galladay, you've also got you know Jefferson there, who you mentioned. One more guy I'll bring up is uh, Jameson Crowder. Another guy just ne never going to get respect or ownership, but all he does is put up 20 DK points every week. He gets double digit targets. Uh, no yeah. secret last week. Flacco liked him. It's, it's more than enough to, to do well in your lineups. It's That's why I got off. Keeps, too. It's keeps because killing of me. Keeps killing me. Every he does it every week. It's every week. week. It's pissing me off. And, and, uh, of, and even going back to last year, it's like hard to find a game below 10 points dating back to like, you know, and he does it like all at the very end. Like he does he it just, the same he, way though. He's getting, he like, it's sneak, getting, he sneaks at it. Like he, he, he just little by yeah. little. And then all of a sudden, then he it's nine for 10. It's nine for 10. Comes for and, he's like, and if he gets a touchdown, it breaks it. I'm buried because he, yeah. the guy. well, that's the thing that we never saw before though, is just like these big play abilities, like him taking it to the house, man. Like he, he just looks like he's super fast or like he's, he's tapped into an extra gear this year. I mean, uh, yeah, super impressive. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind that. I think it's a good play for a, a guy on, most guys, people won't be on. Lavishka, Lavishka. Mm -hmm. We're getting there. That's way down at 5,200. We're still in the sixes here. My Terry bad. McLaurin, A.J. Brown, you mentioned earlier. I think those are good plays. Devante? I mean, Devante? Yeah, I could go there. I, I like that with the Fitzpatrick stacks, I guess. Yeah. Um, you, you, could run, uh, you could run Fitzpatrick, Parker, and we'll move to tight end in a second, get Gasecki, and then... Uh, put uh our boy that i just talked about uh crowder crowder off of him yeah but talk, somebody get talk about lavishka 
Go ahead, Brett. Lavisca, Lavisca, Lavishka. What is it? Damn, well, that's your boy. I don't want to take your. I don't want to take your guy. Um, I just feel like I just talk too much. You go ahead. I love Chenault this week, but go ahead. Yeah, I think I think the way Jacksonville has spread the ball out to the wide receivers that Lavisca does feel like he's the most uh, safe. I mean, he's utilized also obviously in the run game. Um, love love to see him to actually take a few snaps behind quarterback, but uh, yeah, we haven't gotten that uh, yet. But I mean. We still have Q tags, I believe. Uh, let's see, what do we got? Uh, yeah, he's got a ham. He's got a hammy that like he wasn't practicing. Uh, um, he's been battling it for a couple weeks. Uh, that always gives me concern is the hamstring. Whenever I hear that, I get scared. Yeah, I do have this as my safest stack. Um, and the way I want to get kind of uh, a little crazy is by including Marvin Jones in this stack. Um, but yeah, I think Galladay and uh, uh, Lavisca. Um, with one of the quarterbacks, you know, uh, in this game is the safest way to go. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I really like Marvin Jones also in this game. I don't know how much ownership he'll be getting uh, at all with, with how cheap Galladay is. Um, but we know, we know Marvin Jones has a very similar ceiling uh, as Galladay. So. Um, I'm going to touch on two guys. You mentioned them already. Uh, Will Fuller, I love. Um, there's just nobody um, without a Dory Jackson. There's no one that can keep up with him from a speed standpoint. He's going to get a bunch of Malcolm Butler who every team targets. Now Butler did well on, uh, on Tuesday when they played this week. Um, he got those lucky and he got a lucky interception. The ball was just, you know, should have been caught. It just fell into his arms. Um, you know, he was still burned on the play. Um, he's so he's definitely burnable. Um, so Will Fuller, I'm expecting a monster game from in this spot. And, uh, you know, how can we not at least talk about uh, Darius Slayton again? Um, it's, uh, I mean, eight catches, 125, uh, 129 yards, uh, didn't get the end zone, but had a monster like 40-yard touchdown pass that was baloney that it was uh, called off for a pick play, um, yeah. which was ridiculous. Um so he should have just been had a monster game, but he's obviously the number one. He's like, he's, a, he's on the giants and he plays with, with Daniel Jones, who's obviously not good. And uh, he still ran, he ranks ninth in targets, seventh in air yards amongst all receivers and leagues dirt cheap on uh, Yahoo, um, which is where I wrote him up today. So like definitely look for him there over there. What's he on, uh, on DraftKings? DraftKings. He is 5,400. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. The, now, the, the matchup isn't the best from at least what we've seen so far, but at, uh, but Washington has the, like that really stout front seven, and uh, they get they get pressure and whatnot. But um, so Jones is, could be a problem in this game, you know. But they also don't have much talent in their secondary. They've kind of overperformed so far. So I wouldn't shy away from this matchup whatsoever. Um, and, you know, with uh, Shepard out, he's just a target monster. I mean, he's gotten seven uh, targets in, in games without, without Shepard this season. And it looks like Shepard's not going to be back for this one. Um, I mean, he's just a clear number one. You know yep. what I mean? We can, like, we can say he's definitely wide receiver one, just as much as Robbie Anderson is wide receiver one in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyone else? Yeah, we probably should talk about this uh, Travis Fulgham uh, character. Um, he looked good. <laughs> um, you'll, you'll have Greg Ward uh, getting manned up by Marlon Humphrey. 
but with these Baltimore stacks, who are we bringing it back with Philly? I mean, Dude, this is the this is the Zacchaeus play week two. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't know. Any, I, I granted, I'm, I'm everybody's I'm ill, everybody's I'm ill informed. I'm I'm not informed. So everybody's I'll, ruled out uh, for Philly, right? You, no Deshaun, no Elshon, uh, Jeffrey. Um, we have Greg Ward, like in the slot against Marlon Humphrey. Not going to. Some be dude there. named Travis Fulgham goes off against the Ravens. Yeah, and then Ertz, right? I mean, when do you go back? It's like Ertz is getting all these targets. Just looks terrible. Just falling down. He can't down. do anything. Hey, he's he's no yards after catch. Like outside of that one, Miles Sanders big play. His back offense. is just dust. He's like Gronk. Like he's just like he's taken a beating for years and years. Yeah. So are are we just avoiding all of Philly then? If you're not going to play this Fulgham. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have to run. Do we have to run somebody back? With we don't have to, Do we have to run I mean, someone back in this game? This is the issue. I, I'm going gonna, gonna to run Fulgham only because, let me tell you, I think it's a disgusting play. But how do you not, if you're Philly, as bad as they've been, go back to him for at least the targets and try and get him, you know, seven or eight balls. Maybe he doesn't get 13, but he just did that for you. It's not a reward. It's we suck. We need to stick with something and try to make something work. We can't just keep doing the same thing. Let's try something out. And that's the only reason I would, you know, consider it. And like I said, when you're running, you know, you got that expensive Lamar Andrews for those two positions, the highest price guy at either position. Why not run back the $4,400 cheaper guy? So uh, yeah. I will say that. And then one quick point earlier on LaVisca is I also love one more thing you didn't mention. Same price as Chase Claypool, who is going to get probably a, a solid amount of ownership. So uh, I like that factor as well. Not that you can't play them both. I just, I really do like that as a little pivot there. Right. But this is the, also an issue with Lamar Jackson, right? With, with how bad Philly is offensively speaking, how are they going to put up points to make, to make Lamar uh, play, you know, two halves of football here. You know, I just feel like uh, if they, if they want, they can rest his knee again. They don't really, uh, you know, they don't need to force all these runs out of him. So. I mean, that's possible, but like crazy things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, games go opposite than what we expect and if that's the case then well yeah just just the other reason so i already thought about that earlier i just didn't we didn't bring up the question or talk about it. but like last year 45 to 6 41 to 7 49 to 13 ravens smash three weeks in a row he goes for almost 35 a week every week right so that no issue so doing he, it last year he causes it and what i was trying to say my point earlier is how he could just dust the slate away with all these quarterbacks that are high ownership and just cheap dudes that we love their spot. They should have upside. They could have upside. But the bottom line is, is if they don't, let's say two out of three of them fail, that wouldn't be surprising. The other one has a piece of his stack that doesn't get there. And it's just Lamar and, and Andrews that causes the damage. It's not really going to kill you. And a guy like Fulgham, just using the same stack to bring it back, this conversation could just be, you know, eight catches this time for 60 yards and nothing else. It's still going to be 14 points on 44 or 4,100 bucks or whatever he is, it's not going to kill you. And if you really get that extra 10 points at the other positions from Andrews and uh, uh, Lamar over what the field's doing, that could be huge. And there's no other competition as we talked about up there. Uh, Speaking of Lamar, I've got another Lamar Jackson, which leads me. He's uh, he's been, uh, he's a cornerback for the jets. Who's terrible. Uh, He's been starting uh, because of injuries. Yeah, he's he's other Lamar Jackson, and he probably will be matching up with Preston Williams, who's actually been getting deep targets uh, this season for uh, for for Miami. Um, you know, he had 
he he's kind of a boomer bust play, but he's cheap enough that like he had a good game last week, so he's not as sneaky. But like this is still like an absolute nut matchup um, for him uh, against Lamar Jackson, and um, you know could could we could very easily see another big play to Preston Williams. Um, so I think there's sneaky upside with him. Yeah, the big thing too with Preston too is his uh, high value opportunities uh, really stand out to me. Um, he's had six end zone targets, uh, 37.5% for the team. Uh, compare that to Devontae Parker with only two. Um, he's had three uh, within the five to goal line, whereas Devontae's only had one. So, I mean, they like using this guy uh, definitely when they get close to uh, scoring touchdowns, which is good. Yeah, he's kind of sneaky. Um, all right, any other guys? Brett mentioned hit, hit Demir Bird earlier. I, I like that call. Yes. Uh, I wonder, I mean, this is, I don't have many more guys. If you guys do go ahead, but I just was going to say, what about um, James Washington? And we're going to segue to tight end anyway. And you got Ebra on there. Like don't both these guys have a shot besides Juju who'd be sneakier up there. These guys are pretty cheap. And with no uh, De- Deontay Johnson there, you got opportunity for them to sneak up and you could easily see James Washington catch a bomb right off the hop, uh, you know, out of the gate. I, I could easily see that. Yeah, I'm probably not there uh, with the James Washington play. I uh, I do like going to Juju if I want to get my leverage in Pittsburgh. Um, but I, I totally I totally understand the play just because yeah, just just of note on him four four games out of like nine last year that he was in over 80 yards. That's pretty big, and I mean it's been it's not like anything else has changed. So I definitely think that'd be an interesting play for large field when most people are going to be on Claypool and. I just don't see that happening twice. They they had design plays and stuff for him last week. It was interesting. And he's a Canadian guy. So if I'm the, the number oh, one Canadian DFS no, player, is. this is the, uh, you know, the number one Canadian one week, week five, D, you know, football player in the entire NFL maybe. But I, I like the Washington pivot. I'll just say that while we're on here. But it's not something I'm heavy on. I just think it'd be a good way to go. Be a little bit interesting for, you know, those sort of mini stacks or something in that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you with uh, Demir Bird. I mean, he's played basically every single snap the last uh, mul- multiple weeks, leads the team uh, in just routes run. Uh, I-, I like this spot a ton for Demir Bird at 3,500. Uh, if you want to get a, a little bit different with uh, your Patriot stacks. Um, yeah, uh, you know, something that I was kind of looking at too is just uh, Cincinnati. Like, I feel like a lot of their wide receivers are cheap. Uh, I know it's versus the Colts. This is a tough matchup. Um, but, man, the price for T. Higgins at 4700 I feel I feel like I want to get some exposure there, especially in my uh, when I have uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, lineups. So I think, I think I'd be running back. A.J. Green's 3900 I know. I know. Um, you, did Dude, you guys see that play dust? where – Is he really dust? Did you see the play where there was an interception and then he did not run yes. after – Yeah, I mean, it just looked like he was totally given He's up on that. He's pissed off, you know, yeah. but, like, is he dust? I don't know. Is he? Who, score, who scores more points, A.J. Brown or Alexander Madison this week? Dude, Madison, Madison <laughs> breaks the fucking slate. Get, give AJ Green yeah. some love. I didn't even see the thirty nine hundred dollar price tag. That's how bad it's got. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. That's insane. I will definitely have some AJ Green for thirty nine hundred. Gotta try it. Yeah. He can't Good be work. that dust. Come on, he's bad. But this could be interesting, man. Really, it could. I mean, I, I'd be more willing to go back to Ty Hilton. Um, there was there's an interesting stat when Indianapolis is coming from behind. They've been uh, 
they've been actually looking T.Y. Hilton's way, way more often. Uh, so in a game that I guess this, uh, they're supposed to control, um, you know, it doesn't look good for T.Y., but, like, if you just reverse it, right, and I know Tambo, like Joe Mixon, like, if Cincinnati gets up here, I could see uh, T.Y. being at home is something that we always liked. So Here's my uh, problem. T.Y. <clears throat> is uh, – Rivers is even worse than I expected this season, so I just have no faith in Rivers anymore. Yeah, and that arm. I do – I have more faith in Burrow, you know, connecting with A.J. Green potentially in, like – I think they're both similar situations. I mean, but, but they're not because T.Y. Hilton is the clear number one. It's just like, it's just, I, River sucks. Uh, we uh, should probably talk about the two 3K guys too. Jeff Smith getting all the targets last week. Um, he is a speedster. So, I mean, in a game with, with the Jets and Miami stacks, I don't mind mixing them in there. Uh, probably won't have many in the one-offs, but Darnell Mooney, I think this guy is getting consistent targets, definitely wide receiver two in this offense. And he's still three K makes a lot of sense uh, with your uh, Chicago Carolina stacks. Um, any interest there? I might have to go full game stack. Now I, I saw that too. I wasn't even thinking of that. That's may- maybe that's why it's in my head that I kind of like this game quite a bit because yeah, Mooney's been sort of the real deal. It's, it's small sample as well, but I definitely would go to him bef- or even Jeff Smith with, uh, with Flacco there before I would go to um Olamidi Zacchaeus before yeah. I go back to that run, I, I do it the other way. So I'm right. good with wide receivers after the three K tight end, tight end, tight end. It is Mark Andrews is the, the top end high end play. Um, John Smith is uh, right there. 5,200, a little bit level below um, probably going to be the most owned play after his uh, two TD one in the most tilting way possible performance the other week. Uh, last uh, Tuesday, and then uh, Dusty Zach Ertz uh, in a match. It just doesn't feel right with against Baltimore. It feels like he's gonna he's gonna get smashed when he soon as he catches a ball, and uh, probably break his back in this game. Um, Evan Ingram. Um, I mean, this is a tough week uh, against Washington. Uh, Gasecki, uh, Austin Hooper. Eric Ebron, and then why not go all the way down to Irv Smith Jr. Um, for 2,500, who got five targets, four receptions for 64 yards against the Seahawks, and hope uh, he's utilized more with uh, Dalvin Cook being out. I don't know. I, and TJ Hawkinson. I, I, oh, the guy who's probably the best play now with Mo Ali Cox out is Trey Burton. Yes. Um, uh, that that is what I'm going to end up uh, gravitating towards. I think um, basically um, he's you know first of all he's he's just a, a check down you know weapon for Philip Rivers who's checked down Charlie. Um, he's second on the team in target share um, over uh, over the last two weeks. Um, and now, you know, with, with uh, Mo Ali Cox down, it's just all, all, should be all systems go. Um, Jack Doyle is just like. That's a, the key right there, though, because Mo Ali Cox is like the red zone guy, right? So is it going to be Burton or Doyle in that role? Or they'll probably run two tight end sets regardless. Um, yeah, they, they do run. They, 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 like, they totally run two t- uh, tight end sets. Um, 
so it's I don't know that the the target share makes it pretty pretty evident to me that Trey Burton guy I've always kind of liked Trey Burton and I always un, didn't understand why he didn't wasn't as good as we as hope we hoped for. So that was a backup. Yeah, it, no, it just it, but like you know maybe this is his moment to shine here. Um, but he's thirty one hundred. But like so those I'm gravitating gravitating towards those cheap plays, um, just because it's so so gross this week yeah i um, think johnny smith is really bad chalk like i mean this is it seems like a tight end chalk um uh this week like i'd want to stay away from uh john uh, johnny on a shorter week here so uh i'm easily getting off of that most of my tight end love will probably be in game stack formats um yeah tj hawkinson makes a lot of sense but i mean i think i think herb smith to me is where where i'm siding the most just going dirt cheap um, outside of game stacks. So um, I, I like, I like his athleticism. Uh, we've seen how bad Atlanta's overall defense has been. Uh, been. And then, um, you know, um, the Packers tight end, uh, big Bob Tanyan uh, lit him up for three touchdowns. So that's kind of recent in my, in my head here. So Irv Smith just seems like, like a easy, easy play for, for uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I'm I'm on him. Uh, I like your uh, your call on uh, Trey Burton, Kirkwood. I, I do think that's a good one. You could run him as a secondary stack with AJ Green. You you pick them both up for seven thousand bucks combined, right? Use that as a a way to get extremely unique, or go back to Mixon if you want to get off the AJ Green conversation here and, and get to a real player in Mixon. I think that's a fine play and have Burton on the other side. So I do like that one. Uh, I like your you know Irv Smith. I think we'll. It's one of those ones, Brett, where we're going to go throughout the week, and I didn't look yet. What's his ownership showing at right now? Uh, let's see. On RG, we got him at 8.2. Okay, yeah. I think, I mean, that's high for a guy that's 2,500. Not really the overall that I give a shit, like what Kirk was saying earlier, but my point is, to his point earlier, was that we're going to get to these ownership positions later in the week uh, where these guys just keep climbing up a little bit. He could be 10, 11, 12, something like that. It's just... Whatever. I'm on him still no matter what. I'm just saying I just don't feel like it's like the sneaky cheap guy. Use mm-hmm. him in cash games if you want to, to fit everybody and jam everyone in. But I like those two. I like Hawkinson the most in this you sort of mid-5K range. I think he's the most interesting because uh, like the Kenny Galladay chalk, the ability to put him with a guy like uh, Marvin Jones to be a little bit unique that way but still have some of that passing game and then run back with Robinson on the other side. We talked about that little game stack there earlier. And then also uh, Mark Andrews, who we already talked about, just can break the slate at, at this position because of, you know, the pricing and no one else is in this realm. And all these other guys we just mentioned could all bust and Andrews could have two touchdowns and a big yardage game with eight, nine catches. And yeah, he could sit the whole fourth quarter, but he already did all the damage in the first three. So mm-hmm. other than that, um, yeah, here's another one. Last one for me. And it, I don't know, maybe I'm stacking this game, but uh, any love for Jimmy Graham? I know the price is sort of in a dead man zone, but last couple of weeks, 10, five, five targets, three touchdowns, you know, red zone, end zone work. It's, it's all there for him. And even with Foles last week was three for five and 33 and a touchdown. So, so any thoughts on Jimmy Graham at 5K straight in this game? That's, I can't do it. Like he's just too dusty for 5K, um, Jimmy Graham. Like I, I, I get it. Like he's been, he's been a beast in the red zone, right? So it's it's him or Bob Tanyan, right? What do you do? Go back to it's like you need you to get a Bob Tanyan and, and Chase Claypool in your lineup and just run back the guys that 
somehow got three and four touchdowns that most people in the world have never heard of? Yeah, I just I don't feel like I'm going to be in the mid tier really at all. I think I'm paying up for Mark Andrews or or punting. I do like I do like uh, the Trey Burton call now. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I just I just see myself going to Irv Smith. Um, there is there is a few guys that I don't mind having a little bit of ownership. Like I want to have some Tampa Bay tight end exposure. I'm leaning towards Cameron Bright in that game uh, more than anything. And then, like, um, with Deontay Johnson out, I just think, like, uh, Eric Ebron yeah. uh, might have a little bit more of Eric Ebron um, with, Dude, with Austin. Austin Hooper is coming off uh, two games with seven targets two, two weeks ago and ten targets last week. Um, found the end zone two weeks ago and uh, against Dallas. But, like, that was a tough matchup against the Colts. Ten targets, five receptions, fifty-seven yeah. yards. He's pretty like cheap he's too, actually. Cheap, yeah. Like in uh, that's yeah. I keep gravitating towards the cheap range, and I think Hooper, like, is starting now that I, if I look into it, could make a lot of sense here. Man, um, Baker's looks so bad. I think I think my dislike for a lot of these Cleveland guys is because of how bad Baker's looked in general. But and then Odell. Um, he may not play, right? Yeah, he's sick. He went because of the. It's not, but they have to be treated like any sickness is treated like a COVID yeah. sickness for like amount of days they have to stay out. He went home on Thursday. I think he's good to go though. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Play whoever you want at tight end. All right. Is that the the? Is that it? No, that's <laughs> we're, you're doing another blender pot here. Now. Oh, sorry. I thought I was on with blender. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, favorite stack. And then we out. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a chalky stack and I'm going to say that, um, Will Fuller with the, uh, with, uh, Deshaun Watson. That's not chalky. It's going to be chalky. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's cause it's li- listen to the bring back AJ Brown. That's gonna, It's yeah. just going to, you're going to get a lot of those projected. Like those sure. lineups are going to come. T- those the Titan side is going to be really chalk. Any yeah. optimizer is going to give that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, they'll probably give Cooks more, um, to be honest. But, like, uh, so just give me Watson to Fuller and run it back with a chalky A.J. Brown who's just way too cheap. Um, or, um, nah, I mean, you could you could go Derrick Henry. But I, I just want, like, that receiving game. to. I just want the game to pop off or, like, both both passing games are going. So I probably, I would choose AJ Brown. Um, and I don't really, I don't know, like the, the idea of like Gardner Minshew kind of excites me, but I think it's just easier to do Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay. Like, I just want like this massive upside out of my wide receiver. And so I think like Will Fuller and Kenny Galladay like provide that. So those are my two stacks. Um, who would I run it back with on Jacksonville? Well, that's easy. I already touted him. It's going to be James Robinson, even though I just said that I want like the passing games going off this game. I want James Robinson going off, also getting worked in the passing game, but uh, Galladay and Stafford going crazy. Who do you guys like? Yeah, I mean, in that same game, I would go with the the Stafford uh, route uh, to Marvin Jones just uh, to get a little bit lower on. And then James Robinson also, I'm more on him uh, bringing it back. Uh, lower own guys, uh, I'd go Cam, Cam to Demir Bird. And then uh, bring it back with Philip Lindsay uh, for a really, really cheap uh, way to stack a game. And then you can uh, throw in some studs like Devontae Adams, who should be a little bit lower on. Yeah, Naked I like, Cam's, I like the, 
Naked Go Cam's ahead. winning it all this week. Oh, throwing Demir Bird. Always throwing Demir Bird. Uh, <laughs> always. Sorry, Tim. Always got to get Demir Bird. No, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I, I'm with you on the uh, the Stafford one excites me a little more when you're going up top with these, you know, $5,900 guys. Fitzpatrick and Tannehill are there, but I, I really do like Stafford more. So, But I like him with Jones off Galladay and with Hawkinson. And then you can run it back with either or both of Robinson, your call, or my boy LaVisca there, Chenault, you get him in there and get that stack rolling out. I, I don't mind that. And then, I don't know, I'm going to just do it because I may as well have it on here and I've talked enough about it, but man, I don't want to play Foles. I, I just think something in the Chicago-Carolina game, I, I don't know how else you could do it. I, I guess we're not touting secondary stacks on here, but I really do like something about that game to pop off. Obviously, Lamar, um, Fulgham, and uh, Andrews, I said earlier, I'll, I'll play those three together and do it that way. It's enough to have Lamar. You don't need to double stack them. You could obviously run them naked as well. I just think the set the lineups up a little bit differently. And I guess the final bonus stack would be the, um, the uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, get a little bit different going that way. And then pick your guy on Tampa Bay side, right? If you want to go Evans or if you want to go uh, Godwin, Ronald Jones, you mentioned earlier, there's, there's options there. So that's where I'm at. All right. I uh, like it all. So uh, I want to end this show with something, a real important topic here. A, uh, a close friend now uh, named uh, in the DFS community is uh, he goes by, ah, it's Pat. You ever seen that guy in tournaments? Uh, it's Pat H. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. He's, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a crusher. Uh, we're in a discord group. We, we chat a lot about strategy and whatnot. I mean, the guy has, been the most instrumental to my DFS success out of anybody I could ever, ever, ever think. Um, anyways, the funny story is, is that he's been banned from RG chat and uh, banned from the discord and banned. Cause he, he was kind of a loud mouth back in the, in the day. Like he, he was a, is he was a troll. Pat? Is that also he was a, Yeah. Pat? Yeah. Yeah. Fat. So I was listening to the okay. OG uh, podcast with chop who, oh, okay. uh, who yeah, he yep. called out for uh, wanting them to, uh, to uh, get him going, get him back in chat with the free fat Pat um, tag, and uh, Beers didn't even know who he was. So that I mean that that was like a slap in the face to Pat. But anyways, what I want people to do is there is to uh, if anyone listens to the show likes our content, to just throw RG a message on Twitter, the RG uh, message, and just say free a hits ah it's Pat a hits Pat. You could pronounce that's how Chop pronounced it. Free him. Let him back into RG. He's a changed man. Uh, funny, I actually is he part of the Corona? I was. I was the reason he got he got banned. I I, I sent a, an email. He was already in trouble various times, but I sent an email saying I just can't take this troll anymore. You know, like you got to get rid of him. And uh, so they banned him. But they can't. We he can't get him back you? in. Yeah, he was back in the day. <laughs> but I met him. Uh, Cal met him at a live final. Um, and you know, you know, when like you fight somebody in high school and then like become like best friends later on in life, it's kind of like one of those. It's although we're not best friends, but it's just story. Yeah. It's, it's story. so, so please people, RG, anyone higher ups, get this man back on rotor grinders, uh, allow this man to be part of the community. He's got a lot to teach, uh, people. He's a, he's a, he's a top notch player. Oh, so yeah. anyway, that's it. That's this, the RG DFS tournament takes podcast. And we'll catch you again next week. See you guys.